Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, joined today by our good friend Mason from Buffalo. Bradford starts school today. Good luck to Bradford this semester. He'll be back next week. Expect a podcast-heavy week next week. As I've told Mason and Bradford in the group chat, next week does tend to be the busiest week of the year, Mason. Black Monday, um, we'll do an episode Monday night talking about who got fired. We'll do a playoff preview overall. That'll probably be a little bit of a longer episode. We'll talk about every team in the field and see how we feel going into it. And then a shorter episode probably on Thursday or Friday previewing some of the games going into the weekend for Super Wild Card weekend. But of course, we have to talk about what happened on Monday Night Football. So the way uh, this week's podcasts are going to work is this, it does feel wrong uh, just because of the severity of what happened Monday night and the weight of that to talk about, hey, this player's playing well and this player's not on the same podcast where we're kind of talking about life and death scenarios. So this will be a podcast uh, specifically focused on Damar Hamlin. Won't be super long. I think me and Mason both share generally the same thoughts, but It'll, it's a big NFL story, and this is an NFL podcast, so obviously we want to talk about it. And then on Saturday, directly after this, we will record another podcast. That'll be about 10 or 15 minutes talking about the five games that really matter on Sunday for playoff implications. And with that, we can get into it. Mason, obviously this has been... Probably extremely tough for you. It was extremely tough for the entire nation, but you are a Buffalo Bills fan. You're obviously very close to the team. You're from the city of Buffalo. Just explain some of the feelings you were having on on Monday night. Break break down for the audience what what was kind of going through your mind. You know, it was, uh, you know, I think the word keeps getting thrown around, but, you know, it's, I think, probably the most apt one. It was all just like so surreal um because you see you know the guy go down and you know your first thoughts are always like the football aspect of it when you know i feel like fan as, as fans and, and as, you know fantasy football players too and stuff and and there's this like emotional detachment we have from them which you know probably is not super healthy and, and you know, maybe not the way that's best looked at, but it, it's definitely like a common thread. And it's, you know, and then they cut away for commercial and they come back. And and that was really when it started sinking in, like the severity of what might be happening and how, you know, just like the, the, the massive amounts of unknown. You, you heard it in both of the announcers, like they just, they had nothing to 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 give to the situation they had nothing to talk about they had no idea what was going on and they they just kept throwing back to commercial and it would come back and it was just like the same scene over and over again and i um you know i i know you want to hit on the journalism bit but you know i'll just say for a small bit i think they did do an excellent job because you can't look away from the human tragedy sometimes that is involved in situations just because it's sad. Uh, You know, the looks and the emotions on the players' faces, those were real and, and upsetting, honestly, and and tragic. 
um, that was when, when finally, like it was, I was calling friends of mine and, and, and I mean, texting with you and talking with a lot of people at that moment, because it was like, it's like, I don't even know how to like process what's happening right now. Like you, you see it on people's faces of devastation. It was like, did I just watch a man die on national television? And, you know, obviously as a Bills fan, we know a little bit more about DeMar Hamlin than other people do as far as like a player and stuff like that. And, and because, you know, he has come in this year in, in back of services of Micah Hyde, who was, you know, pro bowl player, somebody who people did know about. And so sometimes when you're stepping into that role, it's really hard to, to kind of like make a name for yourself. And it's been just like really cool to see all this stuff about who he is as a person come out over the past few days and like what a good guy he seems like he is and the overwhelming support that he and the bills and and everyone has received from the league and the fans in general has been i mean almost overwhelming his charities was over five million dollars last i knew and and just to be really clear about it it's not uh, a toy drive charity per se it was a gofundme he set up back when he was in college and he didn't have any money and and he just wanted to earn some money for uh, a children's uh i i don't know exactly i think it's a daycare center that his mom runs and he wanted to just it was like 2500 dollars. just wanted to get that money put up so that he could get some toys for them and somebody dug that up and and you know people have been donating heavily to it and his uh pr agent who seems very close to the family and very close to him uh jordan rooney um has said specifically that like it's not all going to go just to that it's going to be used for a wide breadth of charities and charitable events because he wants to put on summer camps and he wants to do all sorts of good stuff so the money is going to good places i just i felt like it's it's worth being clear that it's not just for like a toy drive sort of a thing that it is it is a much broader sense now because the scope of it has so far overwhelmed what it was initially intended for and you know it's been weird um waking up every day and checking football news but not because i really care about half of this stuff um it's just because i want to know if he's going to be all right and uh i think today we finally got some like really promising news uh, i think it was uh Kara elam had said that he was moving a little bit and that's i mean huge and the doctors have said that, you know, his lungs are healing and he has been lowering his dependency on the ventilator. And so, you know, everything is trending in the right direction. It's just, it's hard to watch something like that. And then, I mean, his mom is in the stands. That had to be devastating. As somebody with a kid, I can't imagine, you know, what she went through looking at that and seeing that. And, you know, it, um, despite it being uh you know a freak accident and it really was i mean you know it's it's from what i understand of what they're saying it is and i don't know if you know how accuracy the legitimacy of the commotio cordis or whatever it's more of a like a baseball a hockey something with like a, a high-speed projectile sort of an injury than football but i mean it's so violent and dangerous it's like how could i ever hope that my kid did something like that where i have to worry that I could witness something like that involving my own, my own child. And for both of the teams, like 
uh, I think it was Ryan Clark who maybe said it. And it's like the next map of football is going to be one of the scariest we've ever had. And it's got, it's, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. It's going to be tough, you know? So that's, that's kind of where I've been at with all of it. But it seems like, you know, brighter days ahead, but it's just a scary thing to have to, to see and to witness and to live through. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I really appreciate you speaking Mason. I know, and I know it's very difficult to, to talk about this kind of stuff. It's, it's traumatic. And, you know, I'd seen something like this before, honestly, I'm a huge soccer fan and uh, I watched the Euros last summer and actually watched Christian Eriksen collapse on the field where he actually was gone for a few minutes until being brought back after, after having a cardiac arrest as well. Um, it's just one of these random kind of unpredictable things that once every thousand sports games can end up happening. You think back to ice hockey players who have, you know, slit arteries and, and just one of them happened in Buffalo right here. Right. Huge. And just, you know, Evander Kane a few months ago who, who, who had that happen to him. And it, it is a good reminder that life is just, you know, it happens and, and things happen quickly. And sometimes one in a million tragic things happen. And it's really great news that DeMar Hamlin is, is, is pulling through. I think that the notion that this specifically could have somehow been prevented is a little bit ridiculous. Um, Certainly T Higgins, uh, there's some notion out there that he's to blame. He's certainly not in any wrong here. It's just a helmet collides with a sternum at a fragile point and, you know, there's, you know, this happens. It's very tough for me to talk about because I I, I just don't have a lot to say uh, other than it's so much bigger than football. And it's very disappointing. I know the league can deny it all they want, but the, the fact is Joe Buck is a good journalist. Lisa Salters is a good journalist. Those people are not lying on national television. They got reports from a sideline that the NFL told these teams that they had about five minutes to warm up and that they were going to still play this game. And Zach Taylor stepped up, went across the field and said, hey, I, you know, we we obviously can't do this. And, you know, changes the way I feel about Zach Taylor a lot. He's kind of been the butt of several different jokes and people question his coaching acumen. But in this moment, I think he showed that he's a really stand-up guy and that that he is a very good fit for that organization and a guy that should be kept around in NFL head coaching circles for a while just because of his his frankly respect for the game and for human life and um it's difficult you know I I am you know I've said this many times before F- football is a bit of an addiction for me <laughs> I you know I 
you know, it's, it's, it would be tough to cut it off, but to think of a league that basically said, you know, forget about it. Like you've still got to play this game when a, a player is in critical condition and fighting for his life, just, you know, minutes away at a critical care facility it's disheartening and it it makes you angry and you know it's it's certainly something that and things are going to get messier unfortunately because owners like money and that bills Bengals game will need to be played you know but the nfl will probably push for that at some point even if they say it's not going to be this week and ultimately we will play football on Sunday. It I just think it's going to be very interesting to see how the league pivots after such a traumatic moment where a lot of people question, you know, is is this worth it? You know, and that's really my main thought on on the scenario. It's very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how the country moves forward with as a sports watching populace with this in the back of their minds Uh, ultimately i'm cynical i i think in two weeks as we do with most things we'll obviously if demar hamlin especially if he continues to get better we will slowly this will slowly leave the national conscience and we'll move on with the playoffs and stuff but it is just a very difficult situation. Do you understand what I'm saying, Mason? I, I feel oh, like absolutely. I'm not ar- articulating myself well, and I certainly don't want to come off as sounding obtuse or like I I I don't you know or 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 with a lack of empathy. I'm really trying not to c- come across that way. It just feels like the unfortunate truth is at some point we're we're going to move on from this. No, and I I you know we we move on from just about everything, you know, once enough time or, or things have passed between us and it. And so I'm, I, you know, I don't doubt that it will pass from the national zeitgeist just as quickly as it enters it. Cause I too, you know, have that cynical bit to me as well, but uh, you know, I hope maybe, you know, at least some of us can take something forward from this, you know, maybe just take a little more time and consideration during our days with what we're doing enjoy it a little bit better because shit if uh you know top tier athlete can get jarred in the sternum a little bit nearly die what hope does that serve for a lot of us for a lot of the other dangerous stuff we do every day so yeah you know it's a good point i just quickly like to shout out espn uh they did a wonderful job you know i in the end I am, despite being an amateur football podcaster and now a, an employee at a college somewhere in the middle of Utah, I am at heart a journalism student. And if I were a journalism professor at any level, I would simply take a DVR recording of about the seven mountain time we'll go with just because it's easier for me about seven mountain time to about 12 mountain time of just espn's channel 
uh, because it was a fantastic display of journalism from, you know, Joe Bach and Troy Aikman and Lisa Salters reporting live from the game to Susie Colbert, Adam Schefter and Booger McFarland in the studio to Scott Van Pelt immediately afterwards, carrying the 10 o'clock hour with Ryan Clark. I mean, it, it was just a masterclass in what to do in journalism. There was no speculation. There was no, you know, headline grabbing. There was no sensationalism. It was simply here are the facts. Here is what we've seen. And here is what the nation is feeling right now. And it, it to me, you know, great journalism is done in dire times. You think of the great moments in journalism history in America, in United States history, and people think of Walter Cronkite in black and white covered with cigar smoke as JFK is shot in Arlington. You think of the Challenger explosion. You think of all these points where newscasters, you know, night by night coverage of the Vietnam War from Walter Cronkite. You know, you think of these tremendous moments of adversity in American history, and it always comes down to great journalists reporting on that and and doing the best they can in very difficult situations and i just thought espn did a tremendous job and i know espn is not the focus obviously damar hamlin is but i i, I was just entirely impressed with how they handled their coverage and I, you know I, I think they should win awards I, I think it's pulitzer you know worthy journalism that they did over the span of about five hours on Monday night. I, I thought it was simply some of the most tremendous television I'd, I'd ever seen as far as hard news journalism went. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think they did a, a pretty incredible job from shifting from something that, that, you know, is a silly distraction at times to, to something that's so important and they, they really, did uh, uh, such a good job working so hard at that. Um, real interesting news, at least. So uh, Damar Hamlin has woken up, has spoken. I've seen reports on that now. His first question to the doctors was, did we win? <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds like some pretty good news right there, too. So. You know, obviously, I, I think they still are keeping him in, in that critically ill status, but just keep seeing some really good news. And I, I'm desperately trying to find it, and I wish I could because they all absolutely deserve a shout out. And so, unfortunately, I can only find one name right now, but a, a quick shout out that is absolutely deserved and maybe not get, gotten enough is all of the medical staff that were at that stadium. Absolutely. Who did absolutely amazing work in saving a man's life and making sure that his mom gets to see him again, making sure that his brother gets to see him again. Um, because without them, none of that would have ever happened. I mean, it was absolutely split second. And so unfortunately, since uh, I can't find the names of everyone, the one person's name I can find is uh, Denny Kellington. And he is the man who performed CPR on him the entire time they were on the field. And so... You know, him and all the rest of the staff that was there that did that work and the staff at the hospital just deserve so much credit for everything that's happened as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you hope that this 
Coming NFL Sunday is a celebration of life and a celebration of first responders all across the nation and, and you know, a, a, a celebration of, you know, you know, life and, and just, the, you know, the, the fact that we, we can defeat adversity even when seeming tragedy strikes. Um, well, it feels like we've said all that needs to be said, Mason. Uh, this has been good plan on hearing our uh, preview for the next week on uh, Saturday should be pretty quick about 15 minutes and yes so go ahead and enjoy that again thank you so much for listening our thoughts and prayers continue to be with Damar Hamlin and uh, we will see you on Saturday peace out